Their entertainment for the night <laughs> is trying to guess how many fingers Joey is holding up behind his back. That is the game that they play to keep themselves entertained at home. Is that not what we're going to do if we don't go to the Blue October show? I mean... I guess that's our only other option, Robert. According to friends, that's the only other thing one can do if you're not going out to a concert is to get some new fingers one is holding behind their back. Welcome to Pennies and Popcorn, the show about real money lessons from the world of TV and movies. With your hosts, Carla Cash and Robert Davidson, a couple of personal finance geeks and movie lovers. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today. We are talking about Friends, Season 2, Episode 5, you know, the one with five steaks and an eggplant. (laughs) So we were talking about wanting to do a Friends episode, and I thought, I remembered this one specifically. I haven't seen all the episodes of Friends, but it was ubiquitous when we were younger. You couldn't avoid it. So I, I had seen some of them, and this was one of them. And I could not believe that you didn't know that all the Friends episodes start with the one with or the one where. That's like the naming convention of Friends. Yeah, that blew me away. I mean, it's kind of silly, but whatever. (laughs) It's supposed to be cute. Uh, Yeah, I guess. But I feel like that's an important piece of trivia that you should have known. I'm a little disappointed in you, Robert. Well, as I head into my 40s in the not-too-distant future, I will be sure to carry that knowledge with me. Uh, Yes, definitely something that you should carry forward in your mind. Don't ever forget that. Very important piece of trivia. You got it. So Friends ran for 10 seasons. The final episode aired in spring of 2004. And I very specifically remember watching the finale of Friends. I was in college at the time and it was like such a big deal. There were so many people who were really excited about it. Did you cry? I did didn't even come close to crying. This was it was, sad? I really don't know anything about it. This was a total non-event for me. It was just like a few people were getting together and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll go. And there were people bawling their eyes out. <laughs> I didn't realize people cried. <laughs> I was being silly. Yeah, there were people bawling their eyes out at this little watch party. And I felt like I was an alien from another planet looking around at these people like, what? is happening it was so crazy to me how emotionally involved people were with this television show well it did run for 10 years from 1994 to 2004 and it was you know a coming of age piece for a lot of people in your age cohort yeah i guess so but i don't know i was a huge fan of gilmore girls during roughly that same time frame like really big fan loved that show did you cry when that one ended not even close like i can't i don't even relate to this concept of crying over a television show ending if there's one takeaway from this episode it's that carla is heartless (laughs) i don't know i mean i guess i'm not a big crier i don't cry too often but i can't even imagine crying at the idea of like this show is no more first of all especially with today's like you know, streaming services, you can rewatch things over and over and over again. So it's never gone from your life. And also like, get over it. It's a TV show. Seriously. I don't get it. I don't get it. So Friends is a huge success. It ran for 10 seasons. When do you think it reached the, the, the pinnacle of a TV show's goal, right? Being the number one rated show for a season. How many seasons in do you think it took before it took on that mantle and held oh, on to it. I think it was a while in, like at least halfway through, maybe even later than that. 
it was season eight before it was number one. It seemed to always fall behind some of the other NBC programs like ER and Mm -hmm. Seinfeld. And then even in some of the later years, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was taking the top spot. Interesting. Yeah, kind of surprising that I I would have assumed that Friends was the number one show for a huge length of its run, but really only at the tail end. I did see that the finale, which I watched with a bunch of people in Deers, uh, was the most watched TV episode of the 2000s, which is pretty amazing. So the actors on the show, right, there's the ensemble of six. Each of them in season one were paid $22,500 per episode. Which I thought was a reasonable sum. Yeah. Yeah. And that progressively increased. What I think they did, though, at the end of the second season is they collectively bargained. I I think in the second season, they got slightly different pay ranges across the different actors. And and the people who put together the show wanted it to be an ensemble. They did not want there to be a true lead. And if you watch the series, you'll notice that each of the characters gets pretty even screen time. I'm going to guess Phoebe maybe is a little bit lighter than the rest in in aggregate. Yeah, I think Phoebe and Joey collectively were a little bit of a step down from the other characters in terms of screen time and general popularity. In right. The, like in the public. But in terms of compensation, the actors banded together and made sure that they were paid the same amount. They, they wanted to be paid consistently across the group and really, you know, work together to ensure fair treatment across the cast. But their pay did climb. Uh, starting in season six, they made $125,000 per episode. Mm-hmm. And then in season seven and eight, it got a little better for them. They made $750,000 each per episode. And then seasons nine and 10, they each got paid a million dollars per episode. I remember reading about that at the time, that it was like a really big deal that they all pushed for a million dollars an episode. I don't know if that was truly groundbreaking, if that was the first time that any actor had been paid a million per episode, but it seemed like a really big barrier for them to bust through. So so I think Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow were the top paid women television actresses uh, in the later seasons of the show. Yeah. What was also really cool is the actors, all six of them, were given syndication rights. So the syndication royalties, which for a show like Friends is not nothing, uh, were given to the actors. So normally syndication deals like that were only given to actors who also had like a, an ownership stake in the show. Like I think Bill Cosby in The Cosby Show or Seinfeld in Seinfeld. Uh, this has translated to be about $20 million a year in ongoing earnings for each of these actors after the show has gone off the air. So they got paid pretty handsomely in the later seasons of the show and are continuing to be paid quite handsomely. Good for them. That's really cool that they'd all banded together and said no one's going to make more than anyone else. That's a very touching thing. I appreciate that. So Carla, I'm going to guess that 75, 80% of our audience has never seen an episode of Friends and you probably need to give a plot overview. Yeah. What is this show? No one's ever heard of it. I don't know. It's kind of random. Uh, Yeah. I assume that is not the case. (laughs) This show was so insanely popular and continues to be. Even to this day, people are still making references to it. So yeah, we're not going to do a plot summary. Like it's about six friends in New York City. That's all you need to know. Yeah. It's pretty much Friends in a nutshell. All right. So we are going to be talking today about the episode Five Steaks and an Eggplant, where money is very prominently featured. We could basically play you the whole episode as a clip because there's like hardly any of it that doesn't deal directly with money. So let's go ahead and dive into our first clip. 
It is Ross's birthday and the gang is putting together like a little surprise thing for him and they're talking about how much it's gonna cost. Okay, while Ross is on the phone, everybody owes me 62 bucks for his birthday. Um, <clears throat> is, is there any chance that you're rounding up? From, <laughs> you know, like from like 20. <laughs> hey, come on, we got the gift, the concert, and the cake. Do we need a cake? <laughs> Look, guys, I know it's a little steep. Yeah, <laughs> But it's Ross. Okay, first and foremost, we cannot play you clips from Friends without addressing the laugh track. Man, there was some show we decided to start watching from 20-something years ago, and it had a laugh track just like this, and we gave up on it after the first episode, which is very unlike me. <laughs> it's true. You kind of like to stick to the bitter end, even if, we don't, even if we don't like a show. Yeah, no, that laugh track is terrible. It's I don't know. So... What were people doing? Like, how did that become such a thing? I don't know, but it is extremely grating and irritating to my ear. As we sit here in 2022, almost no shows have laugh tracks, right? I suppose like The Big Bang Theory, which only went off the air a few years ago, that was like the the last really popular show that I can think of that had a laugh track. Maybe How I Met Your Mother, that's been off the air for longer. But they're still, they're still out there. We just don't engage with them at all. And so when we go back and listen to something like this, it's like, what is happening? Why are there these people like fake laughing every 10 seconds or less? Like it's just, it's so in your face and so irritating. Like why do I need peer pressure to think that something's funny? Yeah, it's so true. It's really annoying. Right. I'm, I'm pretty good at interpreting if something's funny or not and it'll make me laugh and it'll make me smile. And I, I just, wow, I, I'm sure it was worth it. And they did all kinds of studies to determine it It made a comedy show better delivered, but whew. Rough. Yeah, I guess it. Well, anyway, we don't need to belabor the point, but um, let's dig into the actual money stuff about this show. So he's asking for sixty-two dollars from each of his friends. I assume Ross is not pitching in sixty-two because it's his birthday surprise. So sixty-two times five—that's three hundred and ten dollars—and they're spending that on a cake, some sort of gift. We don't know what, and a Hootie and the Blowfish concert. Hootie! Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker. Um, so, does that strike you as an unreasonable amount of money to be paying for, for all those things? Well, I mean, in today's dollars, heck no. Um, in 1995 dollars, I mean, let's listen to Phoebe's response, right? She said, are you sure you're not rounding up from like $20? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like an outrageous sum, but it sounds like a sum that if everybody's not on board with is kind of bonkers. Yeah. So we like the band called Blue October. They're not super popular, but they were bigger in Texas where we're from. And we saw that they were coming here to Colorado to play at Red Rocks, which is a pretty famous venue close by to us. And I thought, oh, let me just check it out and see how much tickets are. That might be fun for us to go to. The cheap seats, like the cheapest of the cheap seats were like 150 bucks per person. And I just thought, man, I just don't want to spend $300 plus parking plus gas money to get there and back. It's not super close for us. It's just an astronomical sum to spend like sitting in what might be the hot sun to hear a band play. It just didn't feel like a good use of money to me. So we're not going to go, but I was surprised because we're not that into concerts in general. And I hadn't looked at concert tickets in a long time. There has been that COVID thing. That's true. But 
even before COVID, we were never super into concerts. So I hadn't looked at them in such a long time and was really surprised at just how expensive it had gotten. To get good seats for that Blue October concert would have been four or $500 per person. So to have everyone ponying up, I mean, I don't know how much they're spending on the gift and the cake, but it seems like probably no more than like $40 of that is going to go towards this concert. So that seems super reasonable sitting here today in 2022 in today's dollars. But it's a lot to ask for them to spend. So Rachel is a waitress at a coffee shop. Joey is a struggling actor. Phoebe is a masseuse slash musician. And we don't know exactly how much each of them make, but it's probably somewhere in the range of like twenty-five dollars to $30,000 per year. So for them to just be shelling out 62 bucks, you know, I mean, five times a year, right? If they're doing this for each person's birthday, that's a decent chunk of their income that's going towards just nothing but birthday celebrations. Carla, can I go on a little bit of a birthday rant here? Rant away. Okay, so these people are in their 30s, right? <laughs> They're not turning seven. I, it sounds to me like they're making birthdays a little bit bigger of a deal than they should. I'm a big fan of the birthday mantra that is displayed in the television program House. I think someone like, figures out that it's his birthday and they try to do something nice for him. And his response is, oh, if it weren't the little planet that could, it made it all the <laughs> way around the sun again this year. I was worried and didn't think it, it would, but uh, I guess it happened. Right. It is it is sort of an arbitrary thing to celebrate. And I realize that just about everything that we celebrate is arbitrary. And I don't mean to sound like such a Scrooge. I think birthdays are fun. I definitely... Do you? Do you? Well, you know, they're okay. <laughs> um, I, but I, I think that there are some people who take it way to an extreme. You, you don't need to make this big of a deal about everybody's birthday. I, I mean, it's fun to say something nice. In today's world where everybody is friends on Facebook, you have a computer that reminds you that it's somebody's birthday. So it didn't even take any special effort to acknowledge the fact that it's someone's birthday or memory. So the fact that even just saying happy birthday to someone feels pretty hollow to me these days. I don't, I just don't even get it. Right. I I think anyway, there's too much of a focus on birthdays in our society. It's just kind of random and arbitrary and a weird thing to celebrate. The earth is in the same position that it was in the day you were born. Big deal. Who cares? move on. Like, why can't we, I do like, there's the, an episode of the office where they decide to do one birthday cake for the month for everybody. Let's celebrate all these birthdays at one time. Stop wasting time with these little birthday get togethers and, and celebrate. And of course it was a total disaster because everyone's a prima donna and has to be special and have it their way on their birthday. But <laughs> give me a break. I think Ross is old enough and mature enough that like his birthday could be a little bit more chill. And that takes me, you know, well, I'll calm down for my rant a little bit here. Well, I'll try. So they're doing three things for him, right? They're going to give him a gift. They're going to take him to a show and they're going to get him a fancy cake. Like, does he really need all of those things? Like, it's fun to, if you want to throw a party and celebrate your birthday, great. Invite some people over. Maybe you'll, people bring a a bottle of wine or something fun over or whatever. I don't know. Um, if you all want to go to a show together, great. That sounds like a good time. Or you want to go out for drinks and, and exchange some small gifts. Then okay, that, that sounds all right. But all three, it sounds a little over the top and unnecessary. It is a lot. So I will say since we've moved here to Colorado, we've made some wonderful friends who make a much bigger deal about birthdays than you and I used to. 
and I'm a little sheepish about it when it's my turn, but it's so much fun when it's their turn to get to celebrate and make them some special food and pick out something that I think they'll really enjoy. So I've kind of come around on birthdays a little bit. I think they're really sweet and fun and can be an excuse to get together and do something special with friends. So I'm not, I'm definitely not as Scrooge-ish about it as you are. You are very much on the Scrooge end of the spectrum when it comes to birthdays. But I do think you have to be very, very cautious about the cost and what you're asking somebody else to do for you on your birthday. So I know that Ross isn't like directly asking for it from his perspective, but his some of his friends are doing it on his behalf. And as we're going to get into in the episode, I think they're doing a really crap job of keeping their friends' finances in mind. So what I want to ask is, like Phoebe seems frustrated about the amount of this gift. And so does Joey expresses some concern about, do we have to get him a cake? Like, I kind of get the sense that they've had some discussion about this already, right? Surely Chandler just didn't show up and say, all right, here you go. Here's your bill. And everyone's like, well, I, I wasn't in support of this. What the hell yeah, are you talking about? What is this bill for? Yeah. They all seem to know that it's for a concert, some sort of gift that they don't seem surprised to be hearing about um, and a cake. So yeah, they clearly had some sort of conversation already. It seems like maybe the time to bring up that this was going to be too steep for them was when they were having that earlier conversation that apparently takes place off camera. We don't see it. So yeah, I really feel like they should have been talking about that in an earlier time. Yeah. Maybe they could have gone to like a Hootie and the Blowfish cover band, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would have been just as happy with that but I'm not a huge Hootie fan, so... We'll, we'll let her cry. Okay. So let's take a listen to our next clip where Rachel, Phoebe, and Joey, who are the three of the six friends who are kind of struggling with this amount, kind of commiserate about just how expensive it's going to be. So uh, what are you guys doing for dinner tonight? Well, I guess I got to start saving up for Ross's birthday, so <laughs> I guess I'll just stay home and eat dust bunnies. <laughs> how much this is gonna cost do you guys ever get the feeling that um chandler and those guys just don't get that we don't make as much money as they do yes yeah really it's like they're always saying let's go here let's go there like we can afford to go here and there (laughs) yes yes and it's and we always have to go to you know someplace nice you know god it's not like we can say anything about it because like this is a birthday thing you know and it's for ross for Ross. For Ross. For Ross. So, Carly, you caught something really cool on this, and I, I got to give you credit, and I think you're so right. The laugh track on that clip starts at the most ridiculous point. When he says that he's going to save money, that he needs to save money to pay for Ross's birthday, the laugh track starts then. It's not when he talks about that goofy joke about eating dust bunnies for dinner. It's that he's going to save money. Yeah. He says, what in the what in the heck? Yeah. I need to start saving money for Ross's birthday. Ha ha ha. Isn't that hilarious? Who would do that? Who, who could possibly need to save money for a birthday celebration? It's so out of touch. It's so obtuse. It just makes me furious that they would treat that as a joke. Like, are they that ignorant of the fact that, you know hundreds of millions of Americans would actually need to like, you know, tighten their belts a little bit for maybe a week or two weeks or three weeks in order to save up for a big birthday bash like this where they're going to a concert and 
but they don't talk about eating out, but potentially eating out and buying someone a cake and buying someone a present, like that is the reality for so many people. It is. And I think the idea that you laugh about it is terrible. Like this is what he's doing here. What he's saying is that this is hard for him. And by making this sacrifice, like he, he's willing to go pinch pennies and make some difficult choices about how he's going to use his limited financial resources in order to give a gift, in order to do something very caring and, and wonderful for a person that is very important to him. That's that's incredibly touching, and we shouldn't mock that. That Those are the gifts that should mean more to us than anything, no matter how much they cost, right? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, if someone is giving you a gift that they really had to like scrimp and save for or like work really hard for in any way to make for you or to purchase for you, to do for you, whatever it is, like those are the gifts that should be really, really meaningful to you. I mean, to get, you know, some sort of expensive gift from, you know, someone who's making minimum wage versus Elon Musk, like it's so much more meaningful and heartfelt coming from somebody who's like really struggling to put that cash together for you. Yeah. So I feel like the writers of the show or producers or whoever's job it is to add the laugh track, like I hope they get fired and never get rehired. But uh, like they they did that in pretty poor taste, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're basically also the joke about like not eating, you know, I mean, obviously no one's going to eat dust bunnies, you hope, unless they have what's the pica? Is that the thing where you just eat random things you're not supposed to eat? Unless you have pica or some other awful condition, like he's not going to eat dust bunnies. But what he's basically joking about there is food insecurity, which again, like this is a real problem that so many people obviously across the planet face and even right here in our first world country of America, so many people are facing. So it seems, I just feel like it's in poor taste to be cutting jokes and laugh tracking that. So what I want to talk about is Chandler and Ross and Monica, the other members of the group who aren't featured here, who seemingly pressure the the lower earners of their team to do things that are hard for them. And it seems like, as Rachel said, they, they just don't get that they make less money. How the hell does that happen? It just seems like Chandler, Ross, and Monica are the densest people ever. They're just completely blind to the fact that waitresses don't make as much as paleontologists yeah yeah like a university professor is going to be making more than someone who's just waiting tables or i think chandler's job is some sort of like data scientist statistical analyst like he's not going to be making more than a masseuse i mean these are this is not hard to understand so i can't fathom how those those three could be that dense yeah i I completely agree. Um, I wanted to talk about Phoebe's thing about going somewhere nice as well, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I mean, the way she says it's funny. It's always supposed to be somewhere nice, and and she's totally right. Like, what are you? What are they doing? You don't have to go eat somewhere fancy in order to have a good time. There are plenty of. I'm not saying you have to go to. No offense to McDonald's, but I'm not saying you have to go there. There's plenty of other places. There's food trucks. There's food stands on the corner. There's a I don't know, pizza by the slice places. I mean, there's all kinds of spots that you can go and have a memorable outing, go pick up some food, take it somewhere special and memorable, make the whole event what's special and not the level of service that you have at the dining experience. Yeah, or you could have a lovely meal at home. I get that for Monica as a chef, you wouldn't want to make her feel like she has to work in order to have some kind of celebration for, for a birthday or anything, right? So I understand 
that, but also you've got five other people in this group of friends, like none of them can even like throw some butter and vegetables in a pan or like throw some steaks on the grill or do anything that's going to be cooking at home, which even if you're splurging on something higher end like steaks or like some seafood at home or something, it's still going to be way cheaper to do that at home than to go out. So, I mean, some of my favorite memories of like special nights are staying in with people and having like a really nice get together with friends at somebody's house. You feel less pressure to like hurry up and leave after you're done with your meal. It's just like you can stay as long as you want, as long as everyone's having a good time. I mean, that that to me is an even more special thing when you're all gathering in someone's home and you're having a really nice time. So yeah, I'm totally with you. This whole idea that like some kind of event is happening, we must go out and it can't just be to like, you know, somebody's favorite burger joint or whatever, but it's got to be like some super fancy white tablecloth kind of vibe to it. That's just nutty to me. Totally agree. Well, as the show progresses, they're having this conversation, right? And then Monica bursts in the door and she is so excited because she has some good news at work. She's gotten a a relatively small promotion, I think, right? Yeah, we don't have any idea how much because this this show doesn't really talk numbers at all. But she's gotten some kind of a promotion. Right. So she's super excited about her good news. And and she's like, oh, we all got to go out to dinner to celebrate, which, of course, is going to be a strain on the three who are commiserating about the fact that Ross's birthday was already going to be hard for them. Mm -hmm. So let's go to the next clip, which is them at the end of dinner celebrating Monica's new accomplishment, figuring out how to deal with the bill. Plus tip divided by six. Okay, everyone owes 28 bucks. Okay. Um, everyone? Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Thank you. It's Monica's big night. She shouldn't pay. Oh, thank you. So five of us is $33.50 a piece. No, uh-uh. No way. Sorry, not gonna happen. Cold cucumber mush for 30-something bucks? <laughs> no. Rachel just had that, that, that little salad and, and Joey with his, like, teeny pizza. It's just... Okay, Phoebes. How about we'll each, we'll each just pay for what we had, okay? It's, it's no big deal. Not for you. I, okay, I actually edited out some of the laugh track there because I just couldn't take it. But even so, there's still a lot. Um, so... This leads to a discussion of the classic dilemma that so many people have found themselves in, right? You've gone out, maybe it's, quote, someplace nice, or maybe it's just chilies, who knows? And you're with a group of people, bill comes, what do you do? Is everyone just, like, hand their card and they're going to split it evenly, like Ross is suggesting? Or do you do the math and tally it up and have everyone pay for what they got? It's definitely kind of awkward if you're one of those people who, like, for example, didn't drink anything. You and I don't drink alcohol. And when we go out with people, our bills are usually less than theirs because of that fact alone, right? So it's harder if you're somebody like us who's like some big item for them is just like not applicable at all ever to be like, oh, hey, I actually, I didn't have any of that bottle of wine, so do I need to pitch in and pay for that? It can be really awkward and uncomfortable to be in that position. Well, I do think that we're living in an era where splitting the bill is not as bad, like by getting individual checks, I mean, 
is not as bad as it once was. I think when you sit down, many people kind of read the room, right? They look at the party and they say, is this all together or separate checks? And just hopefully you can make that decision at the very beginning and clear it up and not run into that problem. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal. The point of sale entry systems today are are able to handle it well enough. And the only thing gets, that gets tricky is if you get a bunch of appetizers for the table. Or, or drinks. Or drinks that, yeah. are, that are shared, uh, like a bottle of wine, something like that. Yeah, that can be a tricky part still. Um, but... As you say, I think the best time to handle it is up front. Just, you know, casually ask the waiter, oh, you know, he and I are going to be together or she and I are going to be together. And then can you do separate checks for the rest of us or whatever the configuration is going to be. But I I have read on the internet that the wait staff really, really prefers it. If you tell them up front, that saves them a lot of hassle. They can input it as separate at the beginning Whereas having to go and like tease out who had what at the end when it's all one big pot of food is a lot harder. So definitely do your servers a favor and do it at the beginning of a meal. But I think that's the best way to handle this is, is just straight up front. Agreed. Yeah, and I think that's the simple, it's the direct way to do it. And if you're somebody who's going to order it up and do it big, that should be your mindset, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for my share and not expect everyone to go do this evenly. Yeah, I do think that the burden of managing the fairness of splitting a bill like this should 100% fall to somebody who knows they're in a better financial situation. So like we were talking about the fact that Ross and Chandler and Monica should 100% be aware that their friends make less money than they do. And the burden is on them to be conscious of it, to be like, oh, hey, I'm not an idiot. I can notice the fact that I'm ordering like expensive seafood, Rachel's ordering a side salad, Phoebe got a little side bowl of cucumber soup. Oh, no, she didn't splurge for the bowl. It was just a cup. Yeah. And Joey got some sort of like appetizer pizza, I think. So yeah, the three of them ordered very, very modestly. They all ordered water that was also made very clear. And then these other guys are like, you know, ordering drinks and expensive seafood. So if you're at a table where that is happening, don't be an idiot. Like pay attention to the fact that people are trying to be budget conscious. And when the bill comes, you be the one to bring it up and say, hey, I got like the blackened catfish or whatever I think it was the Chandler ordered. And you got a little cup of soup. I'm going to make sure that I pay for my big seafood entree and that you pay for your little cucumber soup. We'll each pay for what we got. You should be the one to bring that up and not make it awkward for the person who's trying to be more budget conscious. Well, if you happen to be friends with an obtuse ass like Ross, who is completely unaware of this and wants to split the bill evenly, are you right to bring it up the way that Phoebe did? Did, did she do the right thing here? Oh, I for sure think that she did. I mean, they're just sitting there in la-la land being so dense, totally unaware of the ordering disparity that they just saw in front of them i mean they must like the three poorer friends must have been finished eating like way earlier than the other three like how do they not notice this i don't get it but yeah if you're with somebody who does happen to be that dense then i think it's perfectly fine to bring it up and just say hey guys we were really trying to be budget conscious here and we ordered very modestly because of that would it be okay if everybody just paid for what they got 
and hopefully it's a little less awkward than what we see in the show. They're going out to celebrate Monica's work accomplishment, and when somebody says, oh, come on, that can't be the way that we're splitting the bill, Ross's instinct is to say, oh, you're right, we're treating Monica because it's her big day. It feels kind of backwards, right? She's the one who got a promotion. She's the one who got something special. Yeah. Why, why is she not treating her friends who have helped be her support network to get her there? Like, if she just got, if someone tells you you're going to make a whole lot more money, it's the response, well, as your friend, I should buy something for you? That feels really backwards to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a nice card or something, like a way to go pat on the back would be a nice thing to do. But yeah, it does feel weird to be like, hey, you're now making significantly more money than I am. Let me, let me, the poor struggling waitress or actor, take you out to a fancy dinner. It does seem like the nice thing would be for Monica to say, hey, you guys, I've got such great people in my life. You're my support network. You guys helped me get here. I'm so excited. Let's go. I'll go ahead and celebrate and like. It's on me. Yeah, I'll treat everybody this time. So yeah, I'm not not a huge fan of how she handled that either. Okay, so I guess my final thought on this meal thing is that they should have talked about this in advance, right? I mean, I feel like this isn't that difficult of a topic to bring up. Um, If Phoebe wants to have a, a, a light dinner, she could say, Let's go celebrate. I have to admit, I'm a little strapped for cash right now, and I'll probably do it pretty modestly, but I'm so excited to share in this with you. And then go do that. Like, Is that that awkward of a conversation to have? It shouldn't be, but these people are so awkward talking about money. So let's listen to our next clip where Joey finally tries to bring this up and deal with it up front, and it is painfully awkward. We three feel like that... um... Sometimes you you guys don't get that uh, we don't have as much money as you. Okay. I hear you. We can talk about that. (laughs) Well, then. Let's. Well, um, I, I guess I just never think of money as an issue. That's because you have it. That's a good point. Oh my gosh, listening to that clip is so painful. Every single one of them, I feel like, is handling it terribly. Especially the three wealthier ones who have bigger salaries coming in. They're just like, oh my god, I can't believe they're bringing up money. It's just, everything about it feels just like you could cut the tension with a knife. It's just awful. Yeah, it's a super obvious concern. I cannot imagine that they would be surprised that somebody would have a different perspective on money. This should happen throughout their lives in all facets of it. They have jobs where they work with other people. Do they not ever go out and do drinks with them after work or go to lunch together or talk about anything in their personal lives? They don't, don't, they don't all live in housing that costs the exact same amount. Like People get that people make different amounts of money and afford different things it seems like a pretty basic concern like take let's take rachel for example she and monica are roommates yeah um we analyzed this and i think this is a well presented thing in pop culture that the apartment that they have that monica and rachel live in is absurd it is ridiculous it's in greenwich village i think we looked at it and like modern day rent would be about eight thousand dollars a month yep well Someone who's working as a waitress at Central Perk is not going to be able to afford her half of that rent. That just isn't a possibility. Correct. And so if you're Monica, 
your roommate Rachel is probably struggling to pay the rent, whatever it is, not the, you know, the fictionalized version of the rent. And wouldn't that happen every single month? Wouldn't you know about that strife that she's going through? Wouldn't the idea of there being some sort of financial disparity between the two of you just be smacking you in the face obvious? Yeah, it just makes no sense at all to me that this is some sort of revelation to them, that they haven't been thinking about this. I mean, I haven't watched the whole series ever, and it's been a long time since I've watched any episode other than this one, but I don't recall money coming up all that frequently throughout the entire run of the show. So this is one of the few times I'm pretty sure that it does come up, which just seems wacky, right? Living in New York City, trying to make it in New York City as a waitress or as an actor who doesn't get that many roles. I mean, this would be like the constant source of stress in their life. And instead, it's just totally ignored. And I, yeah, you're right. I do think this is one of the more common TV shows that people point to when they talk about people not being able to afford the lifestyle we see on TV. It really is egregious. There's no way they could afford that apartment. There's no way they could afford even just their coffee habit alone, like on a waitress's salary, is going to be so, so hard to keep up with. Now, maybe Rachel is making the least out of all six of them and she works there. Maybe she gets her coffee for free. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it just seems like there's no way they could afford all of the going out that they do and all of the clothes buying that we see. It's just patently ridiculous. Well, so after they leave the awkwardness at dinner and they finish their conversation, the next scene that they cut to after the commercial break, of course, is the the wealthier friends presenting some charity to the to the poor three. They decide, hey, we're still going to go to this concert. We got to go to Hootie and the Blowfish together. And surprise, we've bought the tickets for you. And it's done in a way with this like weird sketch, like a little bit of a skit yeah. that is so off-putting. And I just didn't get it. Yeah, it's, it came across as very stilted and awkward. And that's how the three less well-off friends responded to it. It was like, this is super uncomfortable. And they said, no, we don't want your charity. Your gift makes us feel about an inch tall. Like, we don't, you're making us feel small and unimportant. We don't want you guys to just pay for us to go do things with you. Which I think is not an unreasonable reaction. But I also think it's not... The reaction that they would have gotten if the three wealthier friends had done it in a much better way, right? Everything about the communication revolving around money in this episode is so off. People just need to be open, honest, understanding, and compassionate. And instead, we get like closed off and awkward and stilted and snarky. Like, there's just nothing about this goes well. But I think if uh, Ross and Monica and Chandler had come to them and said, hey guys, we are really sorry that we've been so blind to the fact that we're asking a lot from your pocketbooks. And one, we want to make it up to you. And two, we're going to try to do better in the future. We really wanted to go to this concert. It means a lot to Ross. It's one of his favorite bands, but we just can't imagine going without you. We can't imagine having this special experience without our closest friends there with us. So would you let us do this for you? and accept these gifts of the concert tickets. Please come with us. We really, really want you to be there. I can't imagine someone being like, no, 
that's terrible in response to a genuine heartfelt offer like that. Yeah, that doesn't make you feel small. It makes you feel heard, right? It's yeah. a reasonable apology that says, hey, we've perpetually put you in a difficult position and we promise to do better about that. I think I think we can do better. But in the meantime, we've already made some plans. We've already bought these tickets. Let's go. We'll pay your way. We don't want to put you out. Let's have a fun time together and let's make sure that we're coming up with plans in a way that is, is reasonable for all of us in the future. And they would have had a great time and... Yeah, I mean, Hootie and the Blowfish, how could you not? I mean, I feel like I wouldn't have an amazing time watching Darius Rucker on stage, but that's that's just me. I don't think anybody knew his name as Darius back then. It was, it was just Hootie. Just Hootie. Yeah. Yeah, still not my favorite, whatever you call him. And in any event, I think the whole episode is like a masterclass in what not to do when you're talking to people you care about, about financial issues. It's just the worst handling of money situations that I could possibly, possibly imagine. I think if you do have a sort of income disparity in a group of friends like that, there are better ways to handle it. And this is this happens in real life. Like whose friends all have the exact same job? You have people from different socioeconomic places that are going to be in your life that you're going to spend time with. And you don't have to do everything with the exact same group of people. There should be an opportunity for Ross and Chandler and Monica to go to some expensive concert and for Joey and Rachel and Phoebe to say, nah, it's not for me. It's not really within my budget, but I hope you guys have a heck of a time and we'll be happy to hear all your fun stories about it when you get back. Or you have multiple groups of friends, right? We have friends who like to spend it up and do really nice things. And sometimes we do that sort of stuff with them. And sometimes we choose not to because it's more than we would really like to spend. And We have friends who we know would never like to do anything even remotely spendy. And when we're spending, when we're engaging with them and and doing, doing things, we intentionally choose activities that are aligned with their pocketbooks. We don't want to put them out and put them in a difficult position. It's not that hard to be reasonable about it, but you can, if you enjoy the finer things, you can find people to do that with and not encroach on anybody else's ability to pay for it. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, last little rant about this episode. So after they have this little fallout and Rachel and Phoebe and Joey decide they're not going to go to Hootie and the Blowfish, the other three end up actually going to the concert and Rachel, Phoebe, and Joey just stay home. And we see them staying at home and their entertainment for the night (laughs) is trying to guess how many fingers Joey is holding up behind his back. That is the game that they play to keep themselves entertained at home. That's not what we're going to do if we don't go to the Blue October show? I mean, I guess that's our only other option, Robert. According to friends, that's the only other thing one can do if you're not going out to a concert is to get some new fingers one is holding behind their back. I mean, it's just such an insanely awful portrayal of life and how it makes it seem so bleak and terrible, right? (laughs) Like, if you can't afford to be eating out at a nice restaurant or, like, partying it up with Hootie and the Blowfish then you must be at home just like down in the dumps counting your fingers. I mean, give me a break. Life can be wonderful if you're not spending money. And I think they should have showed Rachel, Phoebe, and Joey like having a blast, doing something super fun at home or like having a picnic in the park or just doing something like awesome that wouldn't cost that much money. And instead of counting fingers. I, do, I mean, you say this, I do think this game would actually be really interesting to play on like a decent scale because 
you think this is like a totally random guess and like if he's going to show between one and five fingers behind his back it is like a, you have a you know a 20 percent chance of getting it right every time but that's not how it works joey is not a random number generator oh, he is my God. it's a mental thing so there's this really cool <laughs> game that you can play to try to guess what he's doing and outsmart him it's kind of like how rock paper scissors isn't no, truly random no no just just no let's do it let's play no hard no hard pass not happening we are not. Let's go to the show. We're going to go to the show now. I mean, I'd, as much as I would hate to go to a Hootie and Blowfish concert, I'd rather do that than play the finger guessing game with you. All right. Never going to happen. Worn me down. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you can't afford to go to a concert, for God's sake, find something more entertaining to do than counting someone's fingers. And try to just be open and honest with your friends about finances. It's not rocket science. Be compassionate. Be kind. Be honest. That's really all you need to know, right? And show creators cool with a laugh track. Oh, seriously. Just kill it for good. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in and sticking with us despite the laugh track. And we'll catch you next time. Take care.